Okay, so now we're going to be studying the Chot Kiryat Shema, fourth, the fourth chapter of the Chot Kiryat Shema. More details, of course, on that uh, important Mesra. Um In the last chapter, we were talking about different um, things which prevent a person from reading Kiryat Shema. Now we're speaking about people that are not obligated to read Kiryat Shema. Halakha Aleph. Nashim va'abadim uktanim peturim v'kiryat shema. Women and slaves and children are not for, not um, uh, obligated to read kiryat shema. However, the ketanim are not obligated to read kiryat shema. However, it is um, obligatory to the, to the parents and the teachers to teach the children when they reach a, a, an age which they could understand, of course. Um, to read Kiryat Shema and say the Berachot so that they learn how to do the Misvot. Somebody who his, his um, mind was, um, uh, was preoccupied with anything from any of the Misvot is, and any, 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 you know, it was disturbing his Kavanah, it was disturbing his concentration, then he is not obligated to read Kiryat Shema. Therefore, hatan shena sabetula patul mikiriyat shema. A a man who uh, w- uh, got married to a betula um, to a um, uh, girl that this is her first time being married um, is not obligated to be married. Achi yavo aleha lefisha enda atopenuya sheme lem sabetulim until he is with her um, because then because uh, until then he's he's, not, he's scared that maybe he will see that she was um, uh, she was improper that she was. With somebody else. And if he waited, if this hatan, if this groom waited till the Mosa'e Shabbat, till the Mosa'e Shabbat after his wedding, and it doesn't matter, he could got married on Sunday or, or Wednesday, um, and he did not um, be with his wife, then he has to read Kiryat Shema from Mosa'e Shabbat onwards. Um, because he his mind has become already calm and he's already more familiar with his bride. However, somebody who marries a woman that was previously um, in wedlock, and this groom, he married a woman that was previously in wedlock, there's nothing um, that could go wrong, so to speak, um, he knows that she was already in wedlock, and therefore he's not nervous about um, the specific uh, situ- this specific uh, thing that I was um, uh, alluding to. Um, even though he is engrossed in a misvah, maybe his mind might be a little bit unfocused. He must read because there's nothing um, concrete that could um, disturb his um, uh, his concentration and anything like this. Halacha gimel alav. Somebody who lost a family member, which he is obligated to be abel for, which is obligated to be um, uh, uh, in grief, in, in halachic grief for, and these are seven different people. Um, we're talking about the father, the mother, the brother, the sister, the wife, um, uh, the son and the daughter. Um, so these seven people are the seven people that a person must be in halachic grief, in abelut, I'll just call it from now on, abelut, until they, until, um, he is, until they are buried, he is exempt from reading Kiryat Shema because his mind, he's what, what we call an onen, um, his mind 
is completely unfocused, um, understandably so. And if somebody was guarding a dead person, then he is also exempt from Kiryat Shema, even if it's not his own, um, one of the seven people. And if there were two people guarding the dead person, they shouldn't both of them exempt themselves from Kiryat Shema permanently, but rather in the time of Kiryat Shema, one of them should guard and the other will go to go, go to a secluded spot and read, and then vice versa. Also somebody who's um, a grave digger um, is also exempt from Kiryat Shema. Of course, when he is on active duty, not only is um, not working, this is um, completely obvious. It is forbidden to take out the deceased um, um, right before Kiryat Shema, very close to, close to the time of Kiryat Shema, um, unless he was a, it was a great person, we're talking about great in Torah and Mesvot, somebody, or, um, uh, or also somebody, somebody very well known, we're talking about somebody who, in, in a, in a um, of course, great in terms of Torah. Now, if, notwithstanding the halachic prohibition from taking a dead person out before, um, right before the time of Kiryat Shema, if they already took him out and they started the act of the um, procession towards the burial, um, they, of course they, they did this not allowingly, but they already started, and they don't have to stop, um, and if the time, they, they do not have to stop, um, and if the time of Kiryat Shema came, and they are still proceeding with the dead person, with the deceased, anybody, so there's a, there's a distinction, anybody that had, that the bed of the dead person, I mean the, the coffin is needed, he is needed for the carrying of the coffin, just like, um, and, and this could be somebody who's actively carrying or somebody who's, who's um, there to make sure that those who are carrying, when they get tired, he takes over. And somebody who's there to take over those who get tired, those who are to take over, and so on, and till two, two, um, till two people, right? Till two, like, levels, I'll, I'll call it levels. Um, even if they were, in whether they were in front of the mitah, whether they were behind the mitah, they are exempt from Kiryat Shema. However, the rest of those who are, Walking with the coffin um, with the deceased, um, if the if the coffin doesn't have any day, any need for them, they are not exempt from kiryat shema. And they are obligated to read kiryat shema. Of course, they must um, distance themselves from the dead part, from the from the deceased, just like any, um, just like as we said previously, one must distance himself at least four amot from the deceased. And I'll, again, I'll, I'll say what four amot are. Four amot are about its four arm lengths, which is about two meters, about fifty centimeters per arm length. So, um, people who were engaged in eulogy, after they buried the, the dead person, after they buried the deceased, they were in a eulogy, um, they were eulogizing the deceased or condoling um, the um, family members of the deceased and the time of Kiryat Shema came. So in this situation, so I'm in the backtrack, in a situation which is the deceased's 
still wasn't buried, and he's still in front of them, and they're, and they're um, giving eulogies for the deceased. Um, they go one by one out and read Kiryat Shema and come back to the sped, meaning they don't go in. They don't go several people at once. They go um, um, people alone, individuals, individuals, to make it not noticeable that people are going to say Kiryat Shema, so that the family members don't don't notice too much. Um, but if the deceased is not in front of him, for instance, if he was buried, already buried, so the whole Am must read Kiryat Shema. Um, everybody is, who's obligated must read. And the um, family member who is in mourning sits and does not say anything because um, that he, that, he does not have to say anything until the deceased is buried. So I, let me just take it back. We're in a situation, of course, if the deceased was already buried, then the mourner, even the family members of the deceased, must read Kiryat Shema, as hard as it may be. The halakha um, has them read, has them read, of course, in, in certain individual situations, um, there are different cases in which if a person really is completely, completely, you know, in, in, in panic and in hysteria, where um, also in each individual situation, there has to be a psychological given um, by Hacha. Um, so now, after the deceased was buried, and the mourners have came back from the graveyard, and they are being condoled by the different people, by the by the people who came to the burial. And everybody is walking is uh, walking together with the family members till the place in which the fa the 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 Mourners um, stand or sit. Where they um, they used to make in the times of Haramban, they used to make a line of of, of people of the family members who lost um, their loved ones. One of the seven uh, family members previously mentioned, and um, people would pass by them and condole them for their loss. If the masses, if the crowd can finish even the first verse of Kiryat Shema before reaching um, the line of what I'll call the line of condolences, okay, for the family members of the deceased, then they, should, they shall start. They must start. But if they cannot um, even if they cannot finish even the first verse before reaching the situation, then they must not start, but rather. Um, first condole the family members and then after they have finished they um, and, and have gone away they must read um, now in the condolences of the deceased they would have several lines of people in, in this Jewish community have a lot of people and there would be those who are closest to the um, uh, family members to the mourners. These people who are really looking at the mourners and they, they are completely obliged to, to they, they're not supposed to you know suddenly stop in the middle of, of, of giving of condo condoling those the, the, the people who lost uh, loved ones. They they must they really are uh, exempt from Kiryat Shema at that time. But the people behind them, those who are behind them, behind the line of mourners, um, of, of those are behind the line of the people in the front line who are condoling the mourner, giving condolences to the mourner. They must um, uh, 
they are obliged to read Kiryat Shema. I just must note um, that the laws, many, many, okay, Talmudic law is something which is concrete in, in the Jewish people for all generations and hasn't changed at all. However, for some reason, and I'm not going to get into the reason, obviously, in this this uh, this case, um, the laws of Abelut, the laws of mourning, have um, evolved immensely and greatly from the time of the Talmud to today. And for some reason, and there is a reason, this is one of those things which um, Talmudic law was not relied on solely for um, uh, for doing, um, but rather, yes, Talmudic law was was given. Of course, the basis of mourning of Jewish mourning, our uh, Talmudic law is still apply apl applies. But in many many situations, many of the things that are given here, for instance, the shurot the kabbalat and the lines of people giving condolences to those who lost their loved ones, we don't do this. Most most uh, congregations, most idol, most uh, people do not do this. Um, there are different things, different minhagim, um, and for some reason, this is one of those things which Talmudic law, um, tal what is specified in the Talmud is not exactly what is done in reality. Um, so anybody who we said is exempt from reading Kiryat Shema, if he wants to read, if he feels like reading, he may read, but this is in condition that he is really has a mindset that allows reading Kiryat Shema and fulfilling the misvah having some sort of concentration. All those, all those who are ritually impure must read Kiryat Shema and say the Berachot, the blessings before and after, even though that they are ritually impure. Um, and even if they have the ability to make themselves pure in that very day, um, like those who touched a sheres, a dead animal, etc., etc., that we'll already get to in the laws of impurity, a nida, a woman who was uh, who was in her cycle, a zava, or mishkin, and etc., etc., somebody, and yo, let's say you're impure, ritually impure, there are different impurities, I'm not going to get into the different impurities, and you could literally today, if you wanted to, make yourself pure, and now it's the time for Kiryat Shema. Let's, oh, maybe he shouldn't read? No, he should read. Um, in Perek Aleph, I explained a little about who Ezrael Bedino were. Um, they were one of the courts of law, of the most central courts of law in Jewish history. Um, they made a, a law, they made a takana in addition um, that a Baal Keri, somebody who had um, uh, who had um, uh, um uh, who, who was who was impure um in in, in what is called keri where um uh, he he has um he uh, um where he lets out certain humanly fluids um of course we're talking about sexual um uh, in sexual situations um in intercourse and so on um so a person like that who is impure from from intercourse and I'm not going to get into it it's understandable um he, Azrael Vedino made a takana. They said that he must clean himself, do tevila. He's ritually impure to read Kiryat Shema. Um, however, this takana, this um, addition, 
was not accepted by all of the nation, and therefore it was um, cancelled. It was literally cancelled. Um, what I was looking, the word I was looking for is emissions, so a person that has a emission um, from that area um, is called Baal Keri. As David, you know, said that he must clean himself, it was it was taken back that law. And um, Am Israel, the people of Israel, or um, the um, uh, um, uh, oh, you know, they always um, uh, um, uh, they they the minhag was that yes, they would read um, Torah and Kiryat Shema even if they had these emissions, even if they were impure, they were um, because the words of the Torah do not receive Tumah, they do not become impure, obviously, um, but rather are pure forever. They stay in their purity forever. Um, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Be'amen.